0: Welcome to Grace Online Worship. If you're like me, your mind is just spinning from the events of the past week. And I just want to cry out to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to break through all the the chaos and uncertainty. Well, the good news is, is that Jesus is here. Jesus is where you are. And that's good news. That's something we can rest in right now. Well, a few weeks ago, Pastor Melvin and I had made a decision that for this new year, the first series that we wanted to do is on following Jesus. And so today I'm going to be focusing on the scriptures having to do with Jesus' baptism, where Jesus started with his public ministry. So let's start Let us join together in the call to worship.
1: Jesus invites us to follow him. What What are we supposed to do? do? Following Jesus means we go where Jesus goes. We do what Jesus does. Where do do we we begin? We begin where Jesus began, with repentance, forgiveness, and baptism. Let's begin. Please join as we sing together, Come, Now is the Time to Worship.
0: Come, now is the time to worship.
2: Now is the time to give your heart,
0: come just as you are to worship, come just as you are Treasure remains for those gladly choose you now. One day, every tongue will confess you are God. time to give your heart, come, just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come, come, come. Just as you are come. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I wanted to start today's sermon by wishing you Happy New Year. But... It's not quite happy yet. I hope, I hope that what's ahead of us is going to be so much better than what's behind us. The scriptures make this promise. The words we hear from the throne, from God are these. See, I am making all things new. That's what we need now more than ever. We have been working our way through one of the roughest, most prolonged wake-up calls ever. We have been reminded again and again of the preciousness of family, friends, education, sports, concerts, church, all the events that bring us together as a community. And we've been reminded of the preciousness of life itself. These are all precious gifts that are fleeting and can slip away in an instant. We've also become aware of the shadows, how divided we've become and how inhospitable we humans can be toward one another who are on the other side of the divide. We've taken so many things for granted, and I hope that we've learned some valuable lessons on what matters most. If you remember normal, can you remember normal? If you remember normal, there are some problems with what was normal. Too many meetings, too many activities, Life was too busy. Whatever emerges in 2021, my hope and prayer is that we will not jump too quickly into all the stuff we were doing before. I hope that 2021 is a chance to start fresh, to be transformed, to become new. So where do we start? It's well worth looking at where Jesus started. We do not know very much about Jesus' early years or even much about his first years as an adult. He grew up in Joseph and Mary's home. We assume that Jesus took on Joseph's trade, that he became a craftsman a tecton, a master craftsman that worked with the resources he had available, namely stone and wood. We are aware that at the age of 12, Jesus made the journey with his family to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And at some point, Jesus wandered off from his family and was found a couple Days later, conversing with the scribes and Pharisees and rabbis. Who knows? This might have been the beginning of Jesus pursuing a different career than that of Joseph. This might have been the turning point for Jesus becoming a rabbi himself. A rabbi was a teacher, one who taught scripture first how to read and memorize and then how to understand and interpret what the scriptures meant we don't know all that much about Jesus early years it's clear that he did not marry but everything else where he lived what he did we really we really don't know Then, according to the Gospel of Mark, the oldest of the Gospels, according to the Gospel of Mark, Jesus just shows up. He's in the crowd among those that are coming to John to be baptized. John calls people to repentance and then baptizes them for the forgiveness of their sins. Jesus hears John's words, and Jesus steps up. And is baptized by John. Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, God with us, does three things that are very unexpected that we would not think necessary for the Son of God to do. Namely, to step forward as an act of repentance, to receive forgiveness for sin and be baptized. Why? Why did Jesus choose to be baptized? Well, I want to spend a little bit of time unpacking this, looking at what it means for Jesus to repent. Why Jesus decided he needed to be forgiven and what baptism meant for Jesus as well as what baptism means for us today. John the Baptist came proclaiming this message of repentance. Why would Jesus, the Son of God, perfect person, need to repent? To repent is to change your life, to change from living a self-centered life that neglects the poor and vulnerable and take on a whole new way of living that focuses on justice and fairness and Care of the widow, the orphan, and the refugee. When church people speak of repentance, it seems that most of the time we are emphasizing being convicted of our sin. We realize that we've done some bad things, we have regrets, we feel guilty, so we take it all to God as an act of repentance. We ask for forgiveness. And then we accept Jesus into our lives and we stop there thinking that we've got it all taken care of. We did the right thing. We are freed from our guilt. We prayed the prayer so we're good, good with God and heaven bound. We've got this repentance thing all wrapped up, but that's not what repentance is. It might be the start, realizing that that something is off, something is wrong, that I I need to change. It's where I started. I accepted Jesus into my heart, well, a few times. Convinced every time, this is the one, I, I got it right this time. But when I look at my lifestyle, still selfish, still lustful, still caught up in taking care of me and my own, I tend to follow Jesus in a way, on my good intentions, interspersed with experiences of guilt and regret and praying again and again, thinking I've got it right this time after the third or fourth time of giving my life to Jesus, I remember hearing this scripture, what Jesus says to his disciples, Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I understood that this means that he would never leave me or forsake me it started to sink in that once I asked Jesus in, he's, he's here to stay. And I had, I had peace about that. I believe it's true. And I want to encourage any of you who feel that tug on your heart that something's not right and you feel that the answer for you is to ask Jesus into your life, then you can pray for that right now, right where you are. Pray like this. Jesus, come into my heart. I ask you to forgive my sins. I give my life to you. Amen. It's that simple. Start there. Then we can get working on repentance. The repentance that Jesus and John and the prophets were all talking about was a change of heart and mind and life from being me-centered, all about me, to becoming other-centered, moving from my well-being to focusing on the well-being of the poor the orphan the widow the refugee not as an afterthought but first as an expression of my faith in god and repentance is a way of life that that happens over a lifetime jesus took on a life of repentance his life was headed in one direction as a tecton, a craftsman, doing the expected, acceptable thing for a Jewish man 2,000 years ago. And then his life took a new turn, becoming a rabbi, having no place to lay his head, putting others first, standing up to the evil and corruption of his day, and paying the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus took on a life of repentance because he was and is one of us, fully human, just as capable of sin and self-centeredness as we are, and just as capable of compassion and generosity and self-sacrifice as we are by the power of the Holy Spirit. But why would Jesus, through the act of baptism, need to receive forgiveness for his sins, since he is God with us, since he is perfect without sin? Well, Jesus took seriously that he is one of us, and he is one with us, He did not count himself as better than anyone else. He he took the sins of the world upon himself, first in baptism and then on the cross. He took all the sins of the world, all the hate and greed and injustice and fear. He saw himself as one with sinners, one with the most broken, vulnerable, despicable, shunned people on the planet. The self-righteous people saw Jesus as a glutton and a drunkard. But that didn't matter to Jesus. Because Jesus is one with us, one with the worst of us, one with the worst in us, one with all. So that all can be redeemed. counts himself as one with sinners, even the self-righteous, even the hypocrite, even you and me. Following Jesus begins here, begins with seeing ourselves as sinners, seeing ourselves as one with everybody else, no better, no worse, just the same. just as loved and just as precious to God as everyone else. Why did Jesus insist on being baptized by John? In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus appears before John at the River Jordan to be baptized. Here's their conversation. John says, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus insisted on John's baptism to fulfill all righteousness. Baptism is a symbol of, It's an outward expression of God welcoming us into God's family. We belong. Baptism has been described in this way. It is an outward, invisible sign of an inward and invisible grace. We are forgiven, we are washed clean, and we are initiated into the family of God. Our tradition in the United Methodist Church is that you can be baptized at any age. Even infants can be baptized because it's not what we do, but what God does in us to include us in God's family and to include us as God's precious children. And God doesn't want to leave anyone out. When Jesus was baptized by John in the Gospel of Mark, it says, as he was coming out of, up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. When a child, a youth, or an adult is baptized we all get to celebrate what has always been true. That you are God's child. You are God's beloved. Not because of anything you do, but because of what God does through Jesus. Baptism is an expression of God's righteousness. Jesus' baptism at the beginning of his ministry and Jesus' Death on the cross at the end of his ministry expressed the fullness of God's righteousness. God making all all things right that have gone wrong, making us right with God once and for all. Whether we are baptized as infants or later in life, whether we had no choice in being baptized or the decision was entirely up to us. God's love is constant. God's love is unconditional. One of my best friends at church, Pat, was not baptized as an infant. His parents decided that they were gonna hold off. They were gonna let Pat decide when he was older if he wanted to be baptized or not. And he decided, yes, when he was a freshman in high school, that he wanted to be baptized and that he wanted to be immersed. Immersion means your whole body, from head to toe, go under the water when you're baptized. In the United Methodist Church, the way we baptize people most frequently has been to place water on the person's head by sprinkling or pouring But we also have immersion as one of the ways a person can be baptized. In the dead of winter, when Pat wanted to be baptized, the best option was to go across the street to the Baptist church because they had the kind of baptismal in which a full-grown adult could be immersed. Our pastor made arrangements with the pastor at the Baptist church And on a Sunday afternoon with family and friends there to celebrate with him, Pat was baptized by immersion. And it was a a wonderful emotional experience. You may remember a couple years ago that we borrowed a new clean horse trough and filled it with water and had a baptism by immersion out on the church parking lot. It was a very special time for Grace Church and for the family, and especially for the individual being baptized. I hope that that memory of being immersed will stay with this young person, well, their whole life, her whole life, and through eternity. I was baptized as an infant, as an expression of the faith of my parents, and as an expression of the faith and commitment of the Church. I have no memory of my baptism by water as an infant, but I am just as baptized as my friend Pat because it's not about what I decide or what's decided for me. It's what God decided when God became one of us in Jesus and laid down his life for us for the forgiveness of sin, for us to be made right with God once and for all. The place to start is where Jesus started. For us to repent, to have a change of heart and mind, to live for others, to love others as we love ourselves. The place to start is where Jesus started. He identified himself as a sinner. We start with an understanding that we are one and the same with all sinners, responsible for the sins of each other. Responsible for the sins of our ancestors. Responsible for the sins of injustice and apathy and cowardice and division. We start where Jesus started. To be baptized for all righteousness. To be baptized and to remember and celebrate even when we can't remember. That all sin is washed away. All sin, past, present, and future. It's all washed away through Jesus. And we can then see ourselves and see each other as God sees us. As God's beloved. God's precious children. You want to see how we can make the greatest impact on our lives and on the lives of those around us in this new year, it's to accept this this invitation, this challenge to start where Jesus started, to follow him. If we start where Jesus started and we keep going, it's going to change us for the good. Until We come to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. Let's follow Jesus. It's not too late to start over. It's not too late to start. Amen.
2: as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God said, city of God. shine on my path and show
1: Let us pray. Almighty God, we come from many different places today, but we all come to you for you are our source of strength, our unmovable rock and fortress in a shifting and changing world and our secure defense in time of trouble and despair. Our nation has been shaken by the events of the last several days our sensibilities moved to search your way forward in the chaos so we turn to you as we pray we have been led into a wild and hard place but you remind us O lord it was a hard and wild place where john the baptist stood calling all people to repentance to accountability in order to confess and turn to god remind us that jesus without sin entered the water to be baptized saying it is proper in this way to fulfill all righteousness we are in a wild and hard place of repentance of accountability that calls for confession and as children of god we have the gift of forgiveness for god sent light hope strength and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord and so in this wild and hard place we pray when evil darkens our world give us light when anguish dulls our souls give us hope when we stumble and fall lift us up when nothing seems sure give us trust when we lose our way be our guide Fill us with faith that we may find peace in your presence and purpose in doing your will. Inspire us, your people, with your love. Fill us with compassion for those who are afraid, who feel inadequate for life or the demands which are placed upon them. And open our eyes to see where there is need that we may reach out with your loving touch. We pray especially this day for Roger, for healing and wholeness after his surgery, protection from infection, strength and health through the power of your Son, the Great Physician, and the working of the Holy Spirit through all those in charge of his care. We pray for all those who are hurting, those going through treatment for cancer, recovering from illness, those affected by COVID, Those who are struggling, O Lord, we pray for your healing power, for your grace and your peace to be poured out upon all. Have mercy on those who hold anger or resentment in their hearts, which prevent them from fullness of life. Help those who find it hard to forgive others or themselves. Give your healing to those who carry the wounds of broken relationships or grief. We give thanks for those who were your disciples in this life and have passed to life eternal and who by grace share in the joy of your presence. Especially we give you thanks for Norma Daniels whose life in you we celebrated this week. Comfort and sustain her loved ones and strengthen us through your grace. Holy Spirit fill and inspire us with your power to be faithful disciples. Embracing the mission of Jesus transforming work, proclaiming the good news of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven
0: give you this blessing. In Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. May the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit work within you to make you new. Amen.